0: Okay, I get a sign that uh, people are on and music is on so let me first uh, that I will not do any mistake I just turn the music off and uh, let's get going into uh, into our lecture this is a, uh, a lecture that uh, will be before we take a break from lectures till when? till Sukkot? Well, after, till after till, till, after. till <laughs> Oshana Rabah <Blinader. coughs> we're not going to give lecture on video but we're going to see you uh, hopefully on Facebook and different tools. As we know, we're getting into Rosh Hashanah and after Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur and then Sukkot. So there is a lot of work to be doing. Uh, what I'm excited is today, uh, I let my whole family light candles for Rabbi El Azar, the son of Rabbi Shimon Baruch. I don't know if you know, but today is the first day of creation. That was today. Rabbi El is the son or was the son Still, he's the son of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, but he passed away. I mean, his story, it's something to be told. I mean, it's something we need to know about it. I mean, many people are busy with his father, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, but we forget that he was there in the cave with him when the Tikkun Hazor was written. So we have to, like, something about Rabbi Lazar, uh, ben, the son of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, has to be revealed. We have to reveal some secret. The Talmud write about him, that, uh, he he was a dead man for 18 years and his wife couldn't bury him. Why the, she couldn't bury him? Because some chachamim, some sages, disagreement of who he was. Not all the people thought he was righteous. He was tzaddik. He was a perfect tzaddik. Perfect righteous person. Again, the word tzaddik meaning a person who justify everything that happened to them. That's what Tikkun Azor explained as Tzadik. So, and he suffered a lot in his life. A lot, a lot, a lot. And when he was going through pain and suffering, Ke'evim, pain, yesurim, suffering, humiliation, uh, every time humiliation come to him, or pain come to him, when Rabbi Lazar used to see uh, pain and suffering and humiliation that he has to go through, you know what he used to say? Bo Bo Come, my dear friend, Come, my dear partner. So Rabbi Lazar was looking at the pain and suffering as his best friend. Because he believed if the creator creates something like that, you know, there is a reason for that. There is no no mistaking. And today was easy to like still. You have one hour, it's a big scoot, it's a big merit to make a sauda, to make a meal, a feast, light a candle for him, as much as you can afford you know, to ask for something. Today you can ask for something. Actually, all week you're allowed to ask for for anything that you want, you know, to receive. You cannot ask on Rosh Hashanah, which is Friday. You can ask before Rosh Hashanah, which is very powerful. The story about Rabbi Lazar, that um, some of the sages used to come and ask him questions while he was dead. <laughs> he was lying down on a bed, the uh, aliyat, the gag, on the roof, on the kind of Penthouse, if you want to call it, where they used to build the sukkah, and uh, the chachamim used to ask him about different questions, and he used to answer with his hand if it's yes or no. He's dead. One day, his wife looking at his face, and a worm came out of his ears, and she was worried that the body started to go to decompose after eighteen years, and he said, "Don't worry, it's not what's going on. I'm chadik." Tadiq, body never go to decompose the body, stay perfect. So she asked him, so why? So he came to her in a dream, and he said, one time I saw people humiliating somebody who studied deep side of the Torah, like Kabbalah, like Tikkun and all this and that, and I didn't say anything to them. And because I heard people make fun of somebody such a righteous person, and I didn't say anything, for that reason, there is a little warmth come out of the ears who heard it and do nothing about it. That's Rabbi Azar, the son of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. So today you can ask him for help. And today is also the first day of creation, which is Chesed, the beginning. It's the beginning that the Chesed is all the great thing that you can imagine. Now we are in Yeme Elul. We are in the days of Elul. We know that the days of Elul basically is the days that you gotta clean yourself. But at the same time, you got to ask for help. you got to ask for help. If you don't ask for help, you know, it's not going to work as it needs to work. Let's put it this way. And uh, I find it maybe shocking that a lot of people want to follow a teacher, a rabbi, a guru, which is good. Everybody, the Mishnah said you should make yourself a rabbi, a teacher. But there is a little misunderstanding that. A lot of time, people hide behind the teacher. They don't do the work. They don't know what needs to be done. They don't do the study. They don't do enough of what needs to be done, at least a little bit. It doesn't mean to hide behind the teacher, but how can I uh, imitate? How can I be like my teacher? Okay? How can I be like my teacher? don't have to be everything. I mean, your teacher has issues too. Every teacher is a human being. He has a problem. You don't want to be like the problem of your teacher. Because maybe your teacher carry a problem from last lifetime. Which you don't want to be like him. Or like her. But you want to take the good part and be like that. So if you see bad part about your teacher. Don't imitate that. Imitate only the good part. Okay. It's very important. If you're capable of non-judging. If you judge, that's a problem. But I'm not going to go into it. So. I heard it actually from Rabbi Benayahu. Who heard it. Also, from the rabbi, and that rabbi heard it from Chafetz Chaim. So it's go many generation ago. And the story is about people. It's not the story; it's actually an idea. Before Rosh Hashanah, many people go to different kabbalists for blessing and all this and that, which is good. But the explanation that the Chafetz Chaim bring is say that you cannot hide behind your teacher. You got to do the work. If you don't do the work, nobody can save you. And the way that he explained it is if you take a white chicken, white big chicken, and that chicken go to the dirt, and the dirt make the chicken dirty, if you're going to start cleaning the chicken feather after feather, it will take you a lifetime, and you can never clean it perfectly, but if the chicken wants to clean itself, it takes 10 seconds, all what the chicken needs to do is shake itself strong enough, and the dust will go away. The same thing, say Rabbi Ibn Ayahu, Rabbi Zayim, his teacher, the same thing, happened to a human being, before Rosh Hashanah. Before Rosh Hashanah, you have to say, I need to want to clean myself, I need to have a desire to change, I need to have that excited, that desire to become better. Sometimes, it's difficult. Can I have the air condition please? Sometimes it's difficult, because, You don't have desire to change. What do you do then? You don't have excitement to change. Some of us change now, but we know that after Yom Kippur, we're going to go back to the old way. What do you do then? What do you do then? You don't even have desire. You beg the Creator for that desire. If you don't even have a need to ask for the desire, then you have to beg the Creator that you have a desire to ask for that desire to change. Whatever it takes, and then the Creator will give it to you exactly now. Don't wait. Rosh Hashanah is not the time to ask. Now. Today. Tonight. So what is Elul? A few story. There is a story about uh, a wedding that happened here in LA with a wealthy family and uh, a poor family actually. So I think the Khatan, if I'm not mistaken, the the, the groom family was super wealthy, and the uh, uh, bride family, who, uh, they didn't have any money. So the groom father and mother want to do a big party, the best food, the best party, and the father of the of the bride, you know, felt uncomfortable because he cannot contribute a lot. It's 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 he, he felt like. Uh, uh, that he getting uh, embarrassed because he cannot add anything but the father of the groom was determined don't worry said I have hundreds of millions of dollars I can take care of it, please let me take care of it in the end the surrender and they let the wedding be the best wedding ever happened in LA, whoever live here maybe remember that it was eight type of dish of food before and after celebration mu- famous musician and uh, the, the 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 father of the uh, groom, the rich man, was carrying with him all the cash inside the beautiful jacket that he made to pay and to give tips to all the people there. You know? And what happened? Why cash? I don't know. That's not my business. What happened? They drink a little bit and when he drink he takes the jacket of to dance with his son as he dancing sad story the father of the bride who knew the money is there who is poor, start thinking what's a big deal if i take you know it was it was uh, uh, in hundred of dollar so he take just 10000 he has different 10,000 in different location of the jacket. <clears throat> I said, just take it, you know. So <clears throat> he was thinking, fighting with it. He looked at everywhere. He looked at the camera. The camera was, they have two cameras. One look at the stage and one look around what people are eating. And he looked around. Nobody was looking. Everybody was drinking. He started taking it. He brought the plastic bag and he started putting everything inside he starts with 10,000 and then he ends up taking everything and then he bury outside the palace where they uh, marry <coughs> it was a hotel so he, he dig in the, in the dirt and in that dirt he put all the money and he said I will take it tomorrow the father comes to the jacket he come to pay to everybody and he realized the money is not there the father of the groom so the father of the bride said how oh, can we do it I cannot believe people stole money in the middle of the wedding he had to play the game and nothing uh, that he can do. The other man was rich. It wasn't a big deal to lose quarter million dollars. I mean, it was a big deal from humiliation. But it wasn't a big deal from a number. So he paid everybody the next day. No big deal. And he said to the father of the uh, bride that you want to do seven days mishteh after the wedding. You're supposed to do seven days of blessing. It's called Sheva Brachot. So I want to do Sheva Brachot every day after the wedding no problem. They joined them again, lamb and food, shawarma and all things, again and again, and dancing and the best music. In the seventh day, they already did everything. You get bored to see everybody again and again. On the seventh day, they didn't know what to do special. So the son say, I have a friend who is was working in Hollywood, and He already added in such a beautiful way all the video from the wedding. Why don't we watch it? Everybody's sitting here, watching it. What the father of the bride didn't know that besides those two cameras, it was another eight camera in the room. The eight camera was small. It was kind of 360. took care of everything. And, of course, what is he doing now, the father of the the, uh, bride? He will try to do whatever he can do to eliminate that from happening, to destroy that film, to do everything, because they know, that they're going to see, it's him. So I don't want to tell you the end of the story, because it's not important. Okay? Because again, I, I heard it also from Rabbi Ibn We heard it from another person. So, but the main idea of the story is Elul, the mass of Elul, my friend. In the mass of Elul, you're going to look inside, is there is anything about this year, last year, that you're ashamed of? You're embarrassed about it. A movie that you cannot let everybody see. Is there is such a thing? That if you put it on TV, and you will have to watch it with all the people who know you and you know them, you will say, God, please, just not that movie. We all have it. I have it. I'm sure you have it. If you don't, you must be a tzaddik. I hope you're going to bless me. For we all have a part of our life, which is a film, which is a part that we kind of embarrass about. We, 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 we're not proud of that. Some of us are doing the wrong thing by, not by choice, because we've been forced to be that way, because negativity took over. And some of us are stronger, but we don't have enough willpower to stop. So for every person, is different. But it's very important to remember that we are in the days of Elul, Every day in the days of Elul is capable to do whatever you want. We are now in the last week before Hashanah. ask for things, ask for change. Change. A real change. A real change. Or ask for the ability to change or for the desire to change or for the desire to have a desire to ask for a change. Something got to happen. And when you do that, then things start to go away. Now, how do you really cancel the movie? How do you cancel the movie? In the in the war around 1914 in Europe, you know they have three types of soldier in the war. So the soldier that uh, basically had uh, 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 die, they put a sign on the bed. They put the color red. When a person is becoming better, they put green. Okay, so the dead was with red. The one who gets better, green. And the one that they, not sure how he's going to do, but still not doing well, bleeding, they put the color black. It was one gentleman, there a soldier, that was injured really bad. And couldn't talk because he got shot in his mouth. But he didn't die, so he couldn't speak and couldn't move because it, the, the two bullets, one in his mouth, one hit his nerve system, he couldn't move his body. So he's lying there on a bed, cannot move, cannot talk. What would the nurse will do? Take the red color and put a sign. What was the sign? He's dead. Now he started thinking to himself. You see he how he's not stupid. you see that all the red the bed. That has red color on it is the bed of those people who are going to go to the pit where they take like a big truck with the dead body and bury or burning the body. And he cannot communicate for the people to stop. He cannot tell them, hey, hello, I'm alive. I'm alive. There is no, he doesn't have a tool, cannot talk, cannot move. What did he do? Start crying. That's the only tool left. He cried so much that his tears arrived to the area where the red color behind his head has just been painted fresh because it was fresh. And it basically took, erased the color red from his bed and that's how he survived. What can we all learn from this story? Sometimes you run out of tools. Sometimes you don't have power. You don't know how to pray. You don't know how to change. You don't know how to scream and you can't even move. You don't know the direction where you're going. What's left is tears. Cry. And begging the Creator to get a second chance. All of us did wrong things we are ashamed of last year. All of us did great things last year. I'm sure if you connect to us, you are much better than you were last year. Not maybe, don't even doubt yourself. Much better. Of course, because we're getting much better, all of a sudden sudden, we recognize our fault to be much worse than it was before. It's not that it's worse. It's because you went one step up, you realize, you realize how far you are from where you need to be. When you go down, you start seeing how good you are. Ravashlak's student, his name is Rabbi Yosef Weinstock, and he used to be with Ravashlak a lot. And he, he said that Ravashlak said that there is a section in the Talmud that says, What is the most painful thing when a white mule kick you? It's a weird thing in the Talmud. If you think about it, like somebody who's standing there, let's, let's try to figure it out, and say, okay, bring the donkey now, have brown, black, and white, and let me kick me. And then bring horses, white, brown, black, let them kick me, and then bring mule, and then zebra. And in the end, they come to conclusion, yeah, white mule is it. Really? I mean, really? I mean, this is how it works. Say Rabbi Yosef Weinstock. Those of you who don't know who he was, he was the first one to spread the wisdom of the Zohar in public. He's buried. Those of you who go with vital trip, always go around Rav Ashlag. He's buried two, two or three graves away from Rav Ashlag. So, he said that Rav Ashlag told him, what does that mean? Makat levana? When a person feels white, White, white mule, meaning you feel clean, you feel pure. At that moment, you become Preda, you become mule. Because the word Preda in Hebrew, the way you say Preda, the way you say uh, mule in Hebrew is Preda. Preda comes from the word Pered, Perdin Lefared, to separate. So when you start feeling perfect, you know you totally separate yourself from the Creator. Because when you get closer to the Creator, everything seems dirty because it's so pure and so beautiful. It's almost like people go to the club when they used to. The club is dark. Everything is uh, dirty, but you can't see it because there's no light. But once you turn on the light, I get the opportunity a few times in New York to bless few clubs, put Bezusa for them and different things. And, and I was there in the daytime. In the daytime, the club looked terrible. Nobody would ever walk there. But because people go there in the nighttime, but there's no light at all, and you take some drugs, and then you feel high, then it feels good. But the truth of the matter is, dark. In a dark place, of course you're going to feel high. Not just from the drugs. High, because you feel special. But when you're getting closer to the light, you definitely don't don't feel great. So don't mistake the feeling of you not feeling great is the feeling that you uh, uh, fell down. All right. Where do we start? I'm reading from the book that was the first book that was given to human beings. The book called Sefer Raziel Malach. It's a forbidden book a little bit because too many secrets there. But still, there is something to learn. And that's what the angel is saying for a change. How do you change? Shoresh Anva work on being a uh, Humility would be? Humble. humble. Humble is better? Mm-hmm. Worker being humble. What does that mean? Try not to take every leadership job or to be special. If his teacher is in front of him, let's say you're standing in front of your teacher. In the teacher, struggle. Do not jump on that opportunity to become smart. It's not just with your teacher. It can be with your brother, with your sister, with anybody. What if nobody knows the answer? You're allowed to say, I heard something from someone else. Don't take the credit for that. Make sure that your friend get respect. Make sure that you don't get respect to yourself. and also when you speak make sure you say the name of your friend before your name so instead of say i and my friend say my friend and i again if you do mistake it's okay but practice that and as much as you can make sure that your honor and pride go down more you're going to get closer to the creator And when people compliment you, make sure to look inside and not to enjoy those compliments. Say thank you to them. Smile to them. But internally, no. Good. That's one thing before Shana. Second thing, say Raziel the elder angel. Ava. You got to reach a level of love. Love the Creator, the Creator who created you. You need to know that your soul has wires. Those wires are connected to the Creator. But they only can be activated when you recognize there is love. But the way you, you, you ignite that love, you have to dance, you have to sing, you have to put the music, whatever it takes, this week before Rosh Hashanah, to understand. How much love the Creator has for you? And how much love your soul has for the Creator? When you are happy, you no longer need the physicality for the body and the food and all the recognition for your ego. Because the happiness fulfills us. Happiness and love come together. When you are happy about your that you've been created. And you are happy. Look at that. In Rosh Hashanah last year, you asked to be alive. You're still alive. That's we There's a force up there who love you, who wants you to have another year. So this is the two things that Raziel is telling us to work. Hopefully... Uh, before Rosh Hashanah. Now, I would like to take you now to, hopefully, again, as you can see, I'm talking about many subjects tonight as I'm preparing you for Rosh Hashanah. And hopefully you can listen to it again and again and again on Vital and pass it on to other people. It's important. There is a question. I'm asking that question for many, many years I couldn't find an answer. Difficult question. I don't know if you know, but on Rosh Hashanah, it's written that, those of you who don't know the meaning of Rosh Hashanah, it's the new year, the Jewish new year, but it's much more than that. I cannot go into all details. It's basically the day that Adam and Eve were created. So it's it's much deeper. It's not the Jewish new year. It sounds better, Jewish new year's, And then you pack the whole thing and goodbye. But how can be the Jewish New Year will follow in the seven months of the year? Because it's the seven months. doesn't make sense, right? So for that reason, it's too complicated to explain. They just call it Jewish New Year. But the truth of the matter is the day that Adam and Eve were created. And for that reason, all people are judged at that day if they're going to have money, if they're going to stay alive, and if whoever is around them will do okay. So, it's written that on Rosh Hashanah, there's three types of people that be judged. Righteous, wicked, and mediocre. The righteous are been written in the book of life. Right away. Book. Next. The wicked are written to the book of death. Next. The mediocre, they let them stay alive, but they're not sure what's going to happen. So, the mediocre, which is most of us, are between Rosh Hashanah, Till Yom Kippur, or even till Hoshana Rabbah, they see what's going to be with them. Are they going to make it, or not going to make it? How are we going to know? We see if they do tshuva, we see if they do repentance, and they try to change. What about the wicked? Are they die right after Hoshana? No, it's written, that they are written in the book of death. If they want to get out of the book of death, they need to do repentance. So ask Arve Nachal. Arve Nachal, one of the greatest, greatest Tzaddikim ever lived. If you want to know his name, Rabbi Vishlomo Shlomo Ifshitz. is buried next to Rabbi Isaac Luria. He asks, what's the difference between the wicked and the mediocre? They both have to change to be written to the book of life. And he answers something tremendous. I don't know about you guys. But many times when you want to change you want to transform it's hard not easy the mediocre and the wicked are different the mediocre has a desire to change but the capability is weak the wicked person has no capability and no desire. For that reason, right away, they write up to the book of death. So why it's written after that, if he does chuva, if he does repentance, there is a chance for that person to make it. Because it seems like there is no difference. No, there is. Because that desire is a gift of the creator to the mediocre. The wicked person don't get that, that desire. He has to invent that desire. He has to come up with that. And my dear friend, I don't know if you know. It's one of the most difficult things to start. I remember when I was living in Florida, I realized I got to lose weight. I was not into sport. I was very much into food, and I never understood why I'm gaining weight if all what I'm eating at night, after I eat everything, is just a box of corn chips with another box of sour cream. I thought no wrong, nothing wrong with that. I was a teacher there, so everybody respect me. Nobody will tell me something is wrong with me. And then life told me something wrong with me. I remember the first day which took me a long time to get to that first day I woke up a desire to walk carry my body to walk it took me three months to get to walk this was my first exercise to walk the desire of a person to change is a gift. If you have desire to become a better person, give a credit to the Creator, because you just receive a gift. And when you give that credit to the Creator, then the whole ear look different. But if you think that when you desire to change or to lose weight or to become a better person, it's because of you that's going back to ego. And because of that, you cannot change. And you go into Chaz the person is written to the book of death. What is the book of death? It's a book that basically, there's no hope for that person. Because it doesn't even recognize that the desire is something you need to pray for. So it's very important that we all get to a point of understanding that we pray for a desire for capability, ability, and desire to change. And that's taking us to another section of Arven Achal. Arven Achal telling us What does Rosh Hashanah look like? As a story, the story is long, so I'm going to do the best I can. It was a king that ruled about 150 countries in the world. And every country has a king. He has one daughter. And when she grew up, of course, all the kings in this country have a son. And they say, we want our son to marry your daughter. And the king will start thinking, he so said, listen, everybody's almost my servant. Even those kings are my servant, but a very high level of servant. You know, there is a servant who is working with the sheep and cows and the garden, and there is a servant who is son of a king. So he said, I'm going to find, to my daughter, his daughter was very special. She knew how to speak about Uh, eight languages she knew how to be kind to all people she used to go at night and put food on the poor people's neighborhood He said my daughter is maybe the daughter of my daughter but she's not a regular one born to rich people uh, to wealthy people or to famous people or to king like me so I cannot make a shidur I cannot make a matchmaker based on a physical level I have to find something that will connect to a soul how do you connect to our soul? Love. I have to find somebody that she can love and somebody who can love her. So instead of going after money, instead of going after fame, instead of going after quality, just to look, he was looking just for love. So, he will start looking around all the 150 kingdom for a person who truly loves his family not because of their money, not because of fame, he's looking for love. And he remembered, there is a man, that loved the king so much, the love between them, was so tremendous, that he put his name, on his chair, he put his image even, was his best friend, very poor, but best friend, not poor, but not, not a king. So, the kings said, he has a son. If the son will be marry my daughter, that will be from love. I have to do that. He started worry because he need to give his daughter to a man who doesn't know all the politics or diplomacy or how to eat next to a table or how to behave. So... He asked his father and the son, say, Why don't you join me to the palace? Because I want your son and you to learn for a few years all the politics, diplomacy, how to eat, how to behave. So he agreed. So he invited him and start teaching him everything. But of course, the day that they announced the wedding. the groom has many enemy. All the sons of the other kings, much more important, way more beautiful, way richer and famous, start to have jealousy. And they start speaking bad about him. And they start going to the father-in-law and start telling him what's wrong. And they say, we need to take your son in to court, to see what the people say about him. Some of the things they say, that yeah, makes sense a little bit. Most of the things they say was lies. But they want to put that son out of the house of the king, of the king's house, so they can marry the daughter. And when they opened the court, what they had to say was strong. And the son-in-law didn't have a chance to win. So it looked like he's losing. The daughter, who was all about love, stood up. Usually they don't get involved, she gets involved. And she said, I'm his wife. And she said, whatever you say about him, whatever it's true or not true, I'm his wife, and that's the way I want it. And when they saw that the daughter of the king spoke, they couldn't speak even one word. And all this happened when the husband was respecting her. One time, after all this over, they were fighting. And because he came from the village, he come from the bottom. So he wasn't such a gentle. He started humiliator, curse her, and make her be a really bad. And then the next day, because again he raised his hand and started beating her up, but she was not complaining. Until she lost one of her organs, and when he saw her sick and missing one finger, he said, "I gotta get another wife." He took her and basically put her next to the marketplace. And he was not even remember you're talking about the daughter of the most powerful man. And of course. Everybody heard about it. And it arrived to her father. And instead of the king punishing him. He wrote to him a letter. said to him, listen, everybody wants your blood now. Everybody wants either to kill you, to put you to prison for life. You're losing. You better come up with something that shows that you are willing to become a better person. And don't forget to bring my daughter with you when he read that letter he started being afraid and shake he couldn't stand up on his leg and he started screaming and crying and he said whoa how bad is this going to be? I'm going to win what happened to me he said to himself that I forgot who she was what happened to her love to me what happened to my love to her I cannot even make peace with her after all the abuse I did. He said there is no hope for me, he said. What can I try? I lost her. The king is, is a very good man, but he's a man who has to respect the opinion of everybody around Not only that, I have nobody in my life. I have nobody to lean on. And the king doesn't even know how his daughter looks like, he said. He asked me to bring a daughter with with me. But once he's going to see her, I'm going to be in big trouble. I'm going to show my face in front of the king. When I have to do that, if you will see her missing a finger, and she's sick, and she was in the garbage, the marketplace, and he was, start crying, who did he go to? To his father. He said, father, I did terrible thing. You trusted me that I will be like you with the king that you love the most, but I, I, I don't know where to start. His father, who loved him, is his father. So I can't believe you did that, but let's talk about it. And he told him, tell me everything. He told him everything. So the father, his own father, starts screaming at him. He said, how can I show my face? The father said, in front of the king, who was my best friend, and ask mercy for you. Look what he did to his daughter. And the king will ask, if you love me so much, how come your son is like that? So you tell him, you know what? I have advice. I'm going to go to the king. And I'm going to ask him if it's better to give him us some time before the court. And the king will agree because the king loved me a lot. You in the meantime go to his daughter and do everything he stake. that you become nothing because she loves you. Take her from the garbage, clean, cure until she is capable to stand in front of the king. And even, you cannot cure her with everything, the house of the king means nothing. They can cure all problems. But remember, before you coming to the court, I want you to become a lover, a true love, not fake, and she has to love you again. And then I will be there for you. Of course, the story is clear to everybody what Arve Nachal is teaching us. In the kings is God. I don't need to tell you what is the creator. Our fathers is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's why in the chair, the throne of God, I don't know if you know, you have one, one side say Abraham, one side say Isaac, third side say Jacob, and another pillar say David, King David. When he gave us his daughter, what is his daughter? It's called the Torah, the wisdom that we study all the time. That's his daughter. Why he gave it to us? The, because of the love that he has to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and King David and he gave his only daughter and it's a big deal for us sometimes we have ego that we are the only one who are getting it. We are not even like angels they could give it to the angel but he gave it to us all the klipot, all the minister of negativity are jealous so why you give it to that person? So there is always people who are looking for us. Why we study this knowledge? We don't even deserve it. So Akim, they scream. They go back to God and say, "Those people don't deserve those great things." So the Kings of all Kings, the Creator, the Light, is telling us, "Say listen, Rosh Hashanah is coming." Hashem Baruch edunim Hashanah. He said, listen, "Rosh Hashanah is coming." Yidu, Yom You need to know. Human being on Rosh Hashanah, there is forty-eight hours. All the negative forces are allowed to bring, all the complain about you. So please work on changing in the week before Rosh Hashanah as much as you can, so you can come clean to Rosh Hashanah. So what is the gift of the Creator? is to be telling us that there is a day of judgment that every human being will be judged all of us and the main judgment how did you treat your soul how did you treat the wisdom of the torah And when we stand the Rosh Hashanah we have to understand that everything that the person did wrong it's not like many people doing the terrible mistake and they look at it from a morality point of view. If you don't kill people because of morality you didn't do the will of God. If you don't kill people because the Creator or the God says so then you connect to God in the right direction. If you don't get angry with your people who live with you, especially now, from a morality point of view, it didn't do it. But if you don't get angry, because the Creator said, do not get angry, then you did the right thing. I hope this story stay with you for Shana. And I hope you're crying now. Or tonight you're going to sit and cry and look inside of you and say, I could do much better. I could do much better with charity. I could do much better with being kind. I could be much better with forgiveness. I could do much better with stop getting angry and jealous and judgmental. Unfortunately, it's very much happening that doing Erev Rosh Hashanah, be careful, Friday, exactly after one o'clock, there's anger in the air. Be careful, guys, be careful. This year we're lucky because it's happening on Shabbat. And we know I said already to people, people ask me, what's the meaning of Tav Pei Aleph? So there is many explanations that I mention, but I found another explanation from 190 years ago. It was a rabbi by the name of Khatam Sofer. Khatam so Sofer wrote 190 years ago, that Tav Pei, which is this year, 2020, will be a terrible year. How come I didn't see it before? I don't know. It will be a terrible year. And then he said, the year after, will be a wonderful year. How do we know? Because if you spell the year in Hebrew, Tav, Shin, Pei, Aleph, it say garbage. Why would Chatham Sofer say, that the garbage year, will be the best year? He take the verse from, Psalm, from King David. King David say, from garbage, you're going to take the poor person and you're going to raise him all the way to the top. When a person feels a spot, when a person feels like garbage, when a person feels, what's going on with me? This year, is, I cannot do what I'm meant to be doing. Then you get elevated. For that reason, he called next year the Shnata Geula, the year of redemption, the year of the Messiah. Those of you who know, already say last year, that my purpose, hopefully with the help of God, is to make Passover in Israel. That's my dream. May that dream come true. That all of us, thousands of people, go to Israel on Passover because it's not Geula, to be able to do the holiday of redemption in the year of redemption in Israel. That's my dream. Hopefully you all can join me. I want to take you to another section with your permission. And this section... He's talking about what does that mean the end of the Tikkun. And I know they give me a sign that we are kind of 10 minutes before the end but I, I got to share it with you. So if you need to leave uh, I'm sorry you, you got to go you got to go. Uh, I have a duty to share it. And this is come from Kabir Yuda Ashlag. Agdabat Sefer azon Kuf Lametet Say my Fresh what's the difference between before the Tikkun and after the Tikkun. And it's a, I'm going to make it short. When we, the receiver, didn't yet achieve the level where we need to be, what does that mean? She atavato. A person has to refine their soul so they can receive all the goodness that belong to them. <coughs> Or all the goodness that the Creator want to give. When God created you, when the Light created you, when the Creator created you, it was one thought: to do good to you. That's why the universe has to operate with good and bad, punishment and reward. Why? Our receiving ability is dirty. How? Be kabbalat with selfish agenda. Everything is me, me, me. As Tikkun right? When people come in front of God or Rosh Hashanah, they barking like dog. That's what Tikkun Azor say. They say have. You know what? Have been give me. And Tikkun Azor say have 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 have. That's our dog barking. Give me, give me, give me. You cannot. Ask for things Cannot. What do you think you can ask for more of what the Creator want to give you? But because when we are selfish, we want less. We think we want more, but it's less. Why? Because say ravash, like our vessel of receiving, are dirty with selfish agenda, and metzumtemet beot be'midata. That it's a uh, metzumtemet. Uh, it 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 give you a little bit of the measurement of what you meant to receive. The Gamma free out on Barach. Not only that, it separates you from the one who gives you. You ever saw a child who wants something? A child come to a parents, want something, Want a car, wants a jewelry, wants food. He doesn't think about the parents. He thinks about the food. What is the food? Whatever he wants. That's his selfish agenda. At that moment, he disconnect himself from the giver. Second thing is, the parents want to give him more. Want to give him education, the food, everything. But he cannot receive it because he's still busy with himself. My father, may rest in peace, I try to mention his soul as much as I can, should tell me something that I didn't understand. He used to say to me, when the father gives a gift to the son, they're both happy. When the son gives a gift to the father, they both cry. I say, Why cry, father? And he said, Cry because the son cry for the little bit that he gave. And the father cry that he never educate his own son how to give. I found that very deep, by the way. But Tavash Lema. And the goodness of what we meant to receive is not there. When you're thinking about yourself, you cannot receive what the Creator wants to give you. When you think only about yourself, when you get satiated, you no longer want. Satiation killed the pleasure. But when you're not thinking about yourself, you think about the pleasure of the Creator giving it, the satiation doesn't kill, doesn't mechabe, turn off your desire. So everything that we are, have in our world is to manage us, to get to a place where we can receive because we know how much the Creator want to give us. Because the way we are, we are the exact opposite of what we meant to become. Why? Because when the creator created us, we were created to receive all the pleasure. But what we become with the time, we think only about the pleasure. For that reason, we disconnect ourselves from the giver force. And for that reason, when you wake up, you want to swallow the whole world to our stomach, to our pleasure. And for that reason, we can never receive all the goodness that the Creator want to give us. And for that reason, we're experiencing God or the world with good and bad, and punishment and reward. Why? Because when you are using the vehicle of receiving in the wrong way, you're feeling bad, or you feel punished. Because there is a law, say Rav Ashlag, That the one who've been who, who was created cannot receive bad from the creator. Because that means something is wrong with the creator. So it cannot be. So if you're feeling bad, say look at that. If you're feeling bad in In the same level that you feel bad about your life, that's the same exact level of how much you disconnect from the Creator and how much you don't believe in the Creator. And at that moment, you no longer connect to the Creator, which is the worst thing that can happen to a human being. So what are you going through? Good and bad? Or punishment and reward? The punishment and the bad thing you're feeling is telling you, don't go that way, go this way to help you. The one who making an effort never to disconnect from the one who give you all the gift, even when he tests bad in their life, is getting a reward to continue and to have desire to change and to grow. And if Raza Shalom, he will not have enough power to force himself to feel good even when he feels bad, at that moment, you get disconnected. And the dark side before Rosh Hashanah and on Rosh Hashanah is mission to make sure that we are not aware that there is creator, we're not aware there is a king, there is not aware that there is something there. And at that moment, you start having irurim, you start having all kinds of wonder and doubts. And it's very difficult. But the good news, when you make repentance, all those doubts and negativity turn into new vessels to draw the light and to draw the fulfillment of all the goodness the Creator wants to give you. So all the things that you fix, don't be ashamed of the things that you did wrong. Because those things that you did wrong happened to you when you had doubt about the Creator. All the bad thing you did, if you do chuva like this, will be turned into like you did the right thing. Because the reason you did bad thing was only because you disconnect from the creator. When you recognize before Rosh Hashanah, you know what I fell. I did the wrong thing. I wasted time instead of studying spirituality, I was doing I don't know, I was playing on the computer. All those things that were negative. will turn into positive how by me recognize that I did something wrong not using the vehicle to draw the light. And then when people, all people or most people, get to that level, the old bad thing will turn to a good thing. That's what we want from the year two thousand twenty one. Not enough to ask for those little things. Do not ask just for yourself think that the whole world will start using the original vessel, the original container that God gave us, which is, I want to receive everything because I know how much the Creator want to give me everything. I want to take a chance to wish everybody Shana Metuka, and new year, but not just new year, not just good year. I want to wish you a Metuka, sweet year too. I heard it from the head I don't know if you know who is the Rabbi Meluvavich, the, the head of the Chabad movement. And they, he used to bless people. May you have a good ear and a sweet ear. Why you, it's not enough to say good ear? Sometimes you have a good ear, but it doesn't mean that you taste it to be sweet. Many people have perfect ear. We're all going to have a good ear. There's no doubt about it. But will it be sweet to you? Because it might be a good ear, but do you enjoy this ear? So I want to wish you, Shana Tovahometukah. And I cannot wait to see you. I cannot wait to dance with you. I cannot wait to hug you. All of you. All of you. And I cannot wait for all of you to be a teacher one day. To be able to teach and guide more and more people in the world. Because the world needs us this year. This is the year that God is raising from the dirt He will raise us. Please give me a chance to say thank you. Two. 760, Charlotte Meyer, Cynthia, D1, Dr. Don Ella, Faye, Guy D, iPhone, Karen, Carolina, Catherine, Linda, oh, yeah, sure. Marty Soroka, Marty Quigley, Michael Englander, Nancy, Nicole Alfie, Roya Sabar, Sabrina Sedi, Sharon Susan Friend, Tom Carter, and Yvette Bodem. Please, please use these few days that we have. Strong, strong, and with happiness. With happiness, make sure you celebrate that you know that Rosh Hashanah is coming, so God is telling you, listen, coming. there is it's coming, there's a lot of cases against you. I know about the cases, and I want you to make it. So please do something to make sure you make it. Toda Rabba, Shana Tova I love you so much. Don't forget your soul is so special. Thank you so much. Shana Tova from Debbie, from me, and from the team of Vital Transformation. Thank you.